I got to give you a little preface of this episode because this episode was actually recorded January 6th of this year when we were in between the season one and season two transition. I had literally just gotten back like less than a week uh, from my world trip and sat down. I had just shut up, set up shop and I wasn't ready to start just releasing episodes, but this episode was so good. I recorded it. My guest was amazing on here and she actually has over 200,000 monthly recurring paying customers. And I wanted to save this episode for a time when I could actually sit down, go through it and, um, fit it into the schedule of content really well. So some of the stuff that I'm going to say on here, as far as I'm concerned or timelines or dates are going to be a little outdated because this was recorded months ago. However, it is amazingly good. You're going to enjoy it so much. And if you're looking to build a recurring revenue business or, uh, understand how to get recurring customers, this is going to be the episode for you. So strap in and enjoy. You are now entering a new paradigm. So here is my issue. I wanted to find the answers to life's biggest questions. Things like, how do I become happy and live with purpose? How do I make more money doing what I love? And what does it mean to be truly successful in all areas of life? My name is Josh Forty, at Josh Forty on Instagram, and I ask life's biggest questions and share the answers with you. My goal is to help you find purpose, happiness, and open your mind to new realms of possibility by helping you think differently about everything you do, know, and understand. On this podcast, we think different, we dream bigger, and we live in a world without limits. This is a new paradigm. Welcome to the Think Different Theory. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Think Different Theory. My name is Josh Forty, and uh, I tell you what, guys, it has been a day here today. Um, I have... I'm alone for the week, which means by myself, Leah's off doing her thing. Uh, she's in Arizona right now, getting all warmed up and, and being warm when it's freezing cold here. But I've been laser, laser focused, and I've been working with clients and doing a bunch of different things. And uh, I'm, I'm very happy to get to take a break and like shift gears and go into interview mode because I love interviewing people. I love asking questions. You guys know this about me. Like my search for truth, my search for just information and knowledge is never ending. So I love being able to do this. And you guys know that the interview process that we've gone through has changed a little bit. I used to go through and I had to reach out to all of uh, the guests ourselves or myself and I would pre-screen them and I would go through the entire process. But now, now that we've grown and I have a team now and it's awesome, um, they actually come to us, which is super cool. So my next guest, um, I've never met before, and I read her bio, and I was like, wow, this is super cool. So like the process behind the scenes goes, it goes through an initial round of screening, then it gets sent on to me, I read the bio, kind of Facebook stalk them a little bit, and then we decide to bring them on. And uh, our next guest, Janisha, is that how it's pronounced, right? Yeah, that's right, Janisha Alora. Janisha Alora. she's from China? Singapore, Singapore. 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 From Singapore. And she has quite the, quite the backstory, or at least so it seems. And so we're going to dive into this. Let me just read you a, a little bit of these accomplishments here real quick. Um, she is the former Miss Singapore and Southeast, Southeast Asia Woman of Excellence in 2010. She is the founder of Soul Rich Woman, the number one female entrepreneur network in Southeast South, I don't know why I'm having such trouble with this, Southeast Asia uh, that connects more than 200,000 women across the region with presence in seven countries, including Singapore, Malaysia, the Philippines, which I was just in the Philippines, Vietnam, and Indonesia. She is the recipient of the International Progression 
Progressive Women Award 2019 uh, and the Council for Progressive Women uh, and the Iconic Influencer 2019 Award. I feel like she, there's nothing she hasn't done. But then I'm going to actually turn this over to her because like, it goes into her backstory and it's just amazing. But she's been profiled on CNBC and China Daily. And she is a globally renowned speaker and leading women's entrepreneur, or empowerment expert with over a decade of experience speaking on stages worldwide. Thank you so much for coming on, uh, Janisha. Welcome to the program. Well, thanks for having me on your show. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's dive in. Let's just get juicy right away. What, who are you? Like, my word, you're, it sounds like you've accomplished so much. Like, give me the, the two, five, two to five minute version of who you are, why we should listen to you, and like all the awesomeness that you've done. Basically, hi, my name is Janisha. I am the founder of Soul Rich Woman, S-O-U-L-R-I-C-H-W-O-M-A-N.com. And what we do is basically we help women to go from offline to online, helping them to get more clients and more recognition in the online space. I've been doing this for the last five years. Before this, I was a cafe retail chain owner. Um, we own 18 franchises and licensees across Singapore, Malaysia, and Indonesia. And after four years, uh, we exited to a public listed company. So yeah, wow. that's my bio in a nutshell. Wow, so you've done a lot. Yeah, because I started really young. <laughs> I, I, I saw that 14 years old. Do you mind if I ask how old you are now? Like, is that, is that all right? Uh, girls' age is always a secret, right? I, I, that's what they say, but some people are okay with it. If it's a secret, it's a secret. That's a secret. All right, let, we'll, we'll go with that. Well, you started at 14 years old, and uh, you've been doing this for a while now. So how did this get started? Because I'm, okay, actually, let me bring some context around this. I love learning, and I love helping people. And I have this interesting theory that, like, basically the, the way to help people is actually by pointing them towards truth and empowering them with facts and empowering them with skills that allow them to go change their own life. Now I'm involved in politics and I like being in the know and I believe that politics do play a role in things, but I believe that politics don't ultimately free anybody that the only person that can truly free someone is themselves. Right. And they have to have the education and the power to do this. So me, this natural person that like, just, I learn all the time. I don't, I don't even have TV. Like I have a TV, but I don't have TV. I don't watch TV. I watch documentaries and courses and books and it was just study, 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 right? So I see your stuff and I'm like, whoa, 200,000 people that you've influenced and impacted. You're on a mission to do over a million uh, people. You help women, women specifically here, get into the online space. Like this is so fascinating to me. And I feel like there needs to be, a, there has to be a story behind this because that what you've accomplished does not just happen. That's a lot of work. So like, how did this come about? Okay, so it started when, I think it started when I was in running my cafe retail chain. A lot of times I was asking myself, I had the money, I had the fame, I had the things that I really want, all the success, but what was really empty? you know, in my heart, right? Because I, I felt that there was a bigger calling, but mm. I was not responding to that calling. So I kind of like moonlighted when I was running my cafe retail chain, um, which was, you know, turning on my internet because I was based in Indonesia. 
Indonesia for a couple of years. And, you know, I was there, I turned on the internet, I, I turned on my webcam and I started doing webinars. But all these things, you know, of going online and sharing the story, being consistent, you know, putting videos out there, getting uh, the members to come in, 200,000 members and not followers, you know. I mean, followers are, you know, you can just add people and up your total social media that could be your followers. How about paying customers who are paying you recurring income um, throughout the, the time, right? You so have, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. You have 200,000 paying customers? Yeah. Oh my <laughs> gosh. That is insane. Okay, sorry, continue. This is so fascinating. I'm so excited for this interview. Yeah, so many people thought that it's just followers, adding your followers together. But are, are you monetizing your business? Are you growing all these things? So, um, but it started way before that because I was, I was an image consultant. I work with politicians. I work with CEOs of companies since 2006 after I won Miss Singapore. And, you know, I was trading time for money. It was like, if I work, I get paid. I work, I get paid. I don't work, I don't get paid. So, yeah. What is that, that life I'm going to lead? I, I don't see myself growing all that way, right? So in 2012, before I decided to go online, I was looking for answers and I invested about $50,000 on like looking around until I found a mentor who said, hey, you should come and join us and into this mastermind and then grow the business. Mm. So in three months, I made 100000 and in wow. a year, I crossed a million. So that was my first million dollars and, in and 2013. And what were you selling? Uh, we were doing e-commerce platforms for business owners here in Singapore. And this was at the time not your business or it was your business? It was my business. It was, okay. It was, it was my business. And then from there, uh, we built, uh, I built my so-called my golden piggy bank and uh, I was invited to invest together and start a cafe retail chain. I'm a medical student. Absolutely. Business is like, you know, learning along the, ra uh, along the way, kind of like school of hard knocks. Uh, and cafe business was something that I had to learn from scratch. And it truly, it was an amazing experience. Uh, but when we were able to exit to a public listed company. I think that was truly amazing. So yeah. I invested, I took out the money, I invested back into Soul Rich Woman and that's how we continue, continuously continue to grow. So, okay, so let me just get this timeline right. So you win uh, Miss Singapore and you are doing your thing there. I, I imagine with the, the consulting, the politicians, stuff you did, you made decent money, but like you said, it was trading time for money. So you go, you then take that money and invest into a mentor. You start your online business with e-commerce. You do your first million dollars. And then you, you stop that and invest in the, cafe, in the cafe business or that continues or like what happens to the e-commerce stuff? So I still have my e-commerce running uh, in the background. I hand over to some of my other team members to run it. Okay. And then we're still selling stuff, right? Um, so that's, that's what we are doing. And then I run the cafe retail chain full-time. Okay, so you did that. Now, when did Soul uh, Rich Woman start? We did a rebranding in 2015. So 2015, but before that, in 2014, we were called You Are Possible Academy. You Are Possible Academy. Okay, and then you did a rebrand. Yes, that's right. Because I, I launched my book, uh, You Are Possible, in 2013. It was all about personal branding, getting yourself seen. And then I thought, okay, why not I start a community? Because I think that we can give and serve 
to our highest level, highest passion, highest purpose, highest level. So that was what I did on in 2014. And I built up um, from zero when I first started on one webcam live shared with you. I was in Indonesia. Um, every Wednesday, I was on webinar Wednesday. So I was there at 9 p.m. regardless where I was sharing an hour of knowledge and experience and expertise. And that started from zero viewers, okay? Nobody wow. was watching until we mastered, um, I mean, I continuously mastered my F word, which is like funnels and Facebook ads and things like that. So when you- I was going to ask you about that. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Only if when you master your different F words, like, you know, then you will be able to get your fabulous freedom and financial independence. Mm. Yeah. So it's both art and a science to it. I love that. I like that a lot. Well, I saw it and I figured it had to be a play on words. I just didn't know which one it was. And that actually makes a lot of sense with that. Um, okay. I, I want to dive into this soul rich woman though. What, cause this seems to be the core of what you do, right? Like this, this is what made you, well, maybe not what made you, you, but this is what you're best known for now. Is that correct? Yes, of course. Okay. So how, what's the purpose of that? And what are you showing women how to do? Because it is, it's all women, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. So like, what do you teach them? And what is the, the overall purpose of Soul Rich Woman? We basically do one thing and one thing only, which is to help women get their voices heard through various vehicles. Um, like, you know, you publish doing a podcast or writing your book or even getting clients, uh, you know, by building up your online persona and brand and getting recognition online. Um, but the main thing here, the framework that we use is that we use this magic wand um, blueprint, uh, what we call the Soul Rich Woman Blueprint that I have come up with. So basically, it's a star. Okay, star means your influence, how powerful you are in attracting people to you. And then the glow, that means how attractive is your offer, whether it's an irresistible offer. And then at the end of it uh, is a magic funnel, what we call the magic funnels. So this overall Soul Rich Woman Blueprint uh, is, a, is a magic one. It's a metaphor that I share on a story of how Fairy Godmother helps Cinderella to go to the ball. And but by midnight, she has to turn back to who she was and all that she has into a backroom pumpkin and to the um, things that's around her. Imagine if you had the magic wand in your own hands and not in someone else's hand. Mm -hmm. Your power in your hands to make your business grow, scale, thrive, at any time, at any day, at anywhere, at the moment in your life that you want to. So what is stopping you from using and holding that magic wand and make that magic happen in your business and your life? So that is what we do for women in a nutshell. We provide women with the hope and possibility because so many women have gone through our supported um, systems and they have already achieved results. And we've seen many testimonials and transformations across Southeast Asia. So we are helping women to have that, be empowered to know and use the magic wand in their business. Hmm. Are, are these specifically entrepreneurial women or does this assist any women that wants to get into this? We have three categories. We have stay-at-home moms. Basically, they probably have been at home for a few years. We have one successful 10-year stay-at-home mom who got transformed, making four figures in just two months. Wow. And then 
uh, we also have a lady who is an employee turned entrepreneur. She's doing a million dollars right now after, wow. yeah, because uh, she didn't know how to automate her business. She was running a fitness studio, and then these are not business owners who sell digital products. Uh, digital products, okay. The studio fitness studio owner is like using automation. You know, everything is automated um, through the magic wand, and just which is the Soul Richmond Blueprint. The last one is a retail business owner like she owns um, like retail chains as well I think yeah. because of my experience in cafe retail chain and also in the offline and online both experiences kind of like put the blueprints into perspective so we were also able to help business owners with multiple outlets grow their presence online and get customers more loyalty and therefore mm. recurring more recurring income how do you or how did you and continue to, how do you set yourself apart? Because I feel like, I mean, there's a lot of people that have a membership area, subscription, you know, teach how to get your voice heard, how to sell your product, how to do yada, yada, yada. But clearly whatever you have done has worked and you have amassed a fortune, but more importantly, an audience and, and, and are changing lives on this. But like, I've been in social media for the past four years, five years, give or take, right? And like, I know how hard it is to, get views but then on top of that like keep them keep them coming back keep them buying keep retention rates result like what makes you different and how are you able to scale the 200,000 members in what five years yeah five years yeah. but how, how are you able to do that First, be authentic, be who you are, speak your mind. There's no need to sugarcoat. I think number two, understand your audience really well um, and know what they want. Um, sometimes, you know, when we first start uh, in the online space, we try to emulate after success yeah. in a certain way. But you see, culturally, we're all very different. In Southeast Asia, just in Philippines and Malaysia versus Vietnam, you know, you talk about being an entrepreneur. But you go, when I went to Vietnam, Hanoi, Vietnam, so different. Like the women over there, you, you talk about... I had a talk with about 150 ladies, women, and then they, none of them raised their hands to say that they want to uh, you know, do an online business or to bring their presence online. Yeah, because there is a stigma that if you were to do business full-time, you are not filial to the family. You are like kind of not continuing the family tradition. So most of them in Hanoi who comes to Surich Women will be in a full-time job and then a side hustle after working hours or over the weekend. Mm. So naturally in different markets, you have to speak to the, the audience differently and don't assume um, that, that it's the same. So good thing is we work with partners um, who are in the local um, region as well. So I use a lot of my cafe experience to know how to kind of like duplicate and structure the business so that we can scale rather than be in the business uh, you know you have to be on top of your business so you ask me how are we different we are women community in Southeast Asia in fact the number one leading female entrepreneur community in Southeast Asia and we only do one thing is to help women to go from offline to online and to get their voices heard and recognized I like that. I like what you said there at the end specifically too. And, and you've said it twice now. You say, we only do one thing. And I love that because in reality, you teach a lot of things, but you're accomplishing 
one thing, right? And I, I love how simple and clean and clear that messaging is on that. Where did you, like, where did you learn how to do this? Was it through trial and error? Did you, I know you said you had a mentor, but like who, how did you figure this out? Oh, I think it's really through trial and error. I mean, because I failed in my business. I have not, I know what it's like to not have customers and how do you, is it like to have a lot of customers and you just have to be really consistent at it because practice doesn't make perfect. That's important. By adding a mentor into your equation, perfect practice makes perfect. Mm, okay, interesting. So what would you, okay, so I want to talk about what you said there where you said you had failures in your business and it ultimately led you to a mentor or whatnot. What would you say to the person that they have, they've started, right? Because like, I feel like there's two categories of people that are, have not reached where they want to be at in their goals yet, right? They, they run a low profit or a, they're just getting started into things. The first one is they have absolutely no belief whatsoever or, or they're completely clueless. They're like, this is such a foreign concept to me. I don't know what I'm doing right? And so you have to work with them one way. And we'll, we'll talk about them here in a second. But the second group, which I feel like there's a lot of people, especially of my listeners and people that are, you know, in this space that are wanting to get into entrepreneurship, or, or maybe they've, they've gotten started, right? And they, they follow, in my world, it's Russell Brunson and Gary Vaynerchuk and people like that. I don't know who it is in your world, but like, they follow it. They, they understand the concept. They're like, okay, I understand I can get my voice heard through social media or having a platform or whatnot. I understand that I can create a business and it can have a lot of customers. I get that, but I'm struggling. I can get 20 customers, right? I can get a little bit of traction in there and I can get decent results for them. But I'm like, I'm stuck in this wheel of like, I do, like nothing seems to just be popping off. Nothing seems to be in that big thing that's ultimately gonna get me over the hump. And I feel like the longer that I drag myself out, the longer that I, put my feet in different buckets maybe, the more distraction I'm creating and maybe I'm preventing myself from like, you know, popping off. Like what is your advice to them and what would you say to them to, to kind of get to that next level? The first thing is to model after success. Somebody has done it before you. So model after success. Don't reinvent the wheel. Too much of your ego and pride will stand in your way. The reason why I spoke a lot about mentor and why I succeeded with a mentor was because I listened. Instead of having my own opinions and my own thoughts, which I do have, and because I started very early at 14 years old, I am rebellious, I am stubborn, I am a perfectionist, I want things done my way, if not the highway. But what I learned is to be teachable. And by knowing that modeling after success is the way to shortcut my time so that I can do things earlier at my age rather than older. When mm. you ask me what age I am, I am less than 35 years old. But I've already accomplished a multi-million dollar business at a very early age. Mm. So what's in it for me, right? Which is to be teachable. Always choose to be happy, then to be right. And then mm. work yourself on there. Number two, you need to do your inner work. Wait, I'm sorry. Whether hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. Choose to be happy, not right. And you mean in the context of a conversation? Yeah, because if you insist, yes, insisting that you're right and winning the game is great. 
but you have to look into the context of whether in the mentorship process that you're always thinking, oh no, he's wrong, I'm right. Mm. If if that is so, there's no respect in the relationship, right? right. Then if that, that is right, then don't do the mentorship. Find someone okay. else. Yeah, because you want to look for somebody whom you look up to, whom you respect. And yes, times are different. Times they may have only experienced, like they have a lot of experience, like um, let's say 10, 20 years ago, they were, okay, I have this mentor who is a multi-millionaire and then he probably lives two companies. He was one of those mentors that taught me how to um, scale my business, like put in a concept of you know, building teams and then growing the business. And you know, he, he owns, he's huge in Singapore, okay? If you don't have respect for that and you're always arguing and wanting to be winning in every single conversation and not being teachable and, you know, that's not going to be. Yeah. Rather, be, choose to be reflective, choose to be happy and then discuss your opinions and the suggestions given and provided rather yeah. than, you know, hitting the way through. Secondly, mm. is to work on yourself. Inner work is very important. I think for me, because I work with women and only women, and I find that, you know, when you put up a context of why we need to work on ourselves first or just self-love, self-care, because you put two, one man and one woman along the racetrack side by side, the woman have, the men have, a briefcase, a table, and maybe some of the paperwork in front before the guy even start running the race. But for a woman, generally in cultural, we have the washing machine, the kids, the books, the laundry, the hang-up clothes, every single damn thing possible that a woman should do in a societal cultural right. context should always come first. And also in Asia, I'm not sure about where you are from, that women, if you are you know, kind of like doing business and spending more time at work and less at home, you're not a good mother. So mm. this whole concept yeah. of a good mother who should be this gorgeous, goddess, gorgeous mom that you should be is kind of pulling a lot of women back. So self-love and self-care is definitely something that I highly encourage you to work on as well. Mm. Finding that balance and definitely moving towards a support system, like-minded system where women can make things happen. And that's why so rich women were so powerful. We have stay-at-home moms who only does her business four hours a day and she, she got it in two months. She's making four figures, recurring money, okay? Recurring business every single month. That's crazy. Like that. Awesome. Because she understood that she could have it all. She can have it all. That's why a community of like-minded women of support is truly important because when a woman changes her life, her entire community benefits. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about this uh, women issue here, right? Because um, I'm sure it's much more prevalent where you're at. I mean, it's noticeably prevalent in America, but uh, you know, I'm sure it's even worse there. And I think that you would have a very good perspective on this being with everything that you are the gender inequality or i don't know if inequality is the right word um gender the, the differences between men and women and what they have to go through and face talk to me about that specifically in the context of of entrepreneurship and in running a business do you see it more of a because I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, because I'm not as educated on this as, as you are clearly, but not as educated as I should be. I feel like there's two, two roles to this or two 
places. One of them is the, the personal inequality that they, I don't want to say they put it upon themselves, but it's like the more personal, the shaming from friends, from families, from religious leaders, from society as a whole, right? That you should be a good mother. But then I also feel like there's an argument on the flip side of in a corporate setting that women aren't taken as seriously, that women aren't paid as much, that women don't have the same opportunities as men. And I feel, and, and this could be, I could be way wrong on this, that maybe in the entrepreneurship world side of things, that that latter one isn't as prevalent, but that the first one is even more prevalent because now they're not just going and working. Now they're like, I'm going to work and I'm going to be the boss and I'm going to call the shots. And, you know what I mean? So like, talk to me about how that has affected women. And I, I do eventually want to get into solutions, but like, let's talk about the effects of it first. Uh, when I travel Southeast Asia, because that's what we are doing here in our network, uh, when we go to different countries, definitely it's prevalent. Like uh, in Malaysia, only one out of five companies are owned by women and only maybe every out of every 10 companies, only two will cross a million dollars because really? there, is, there is nobody guiding them or there is no such um, support for women who are doing mm. business. Yep, in that sense. So when you go to the Philippines, which is a fertile ground for female entrepreneurship, but they don't they don't really know how to sell. So for example, they will buy they will buy low and sell high from different uh, marketplace from overseas, and then they sell marketplace uh, platforms, and then they will market the the products at a price war kind of thing. So they don't really know exactly how to do branding. More mm -hmm. of that, even though it's a fertile ground for female entrepreneurship. When we went to Vietnam, like I shared with you, culturally, it does have some stigma, although uh, that is in Hanoi, but for Ho Chi Minh, it's so much more easier for women to get started on entrepreneurship because the whole entire city is already, you know, um, you know, encouraging women to do, do that. In fact, Vietnam is one of the, the places where women are actually doing entrepreneurship, but not really like the e-commerce type, but more of the, you know, offline and then the mm. small uh, hawkers or the small stall owners. So they're already in uh, entrepreneurship. Not that they are not, but their family and the, the business are kind of like together, you know. So I one thing I want to put into perspective is the woman's dreams versus reality and what is stopping them is already changing. I would say I've been in this women empowerment thing for the last five years. When I share with people about my platform, they're like, what? You're in this for the last five years and not within two years? No, I've been this for way longer than that. And because of this, I've seen how women are stepping up and rising up um, mm. to make a difference. So I, I believe that in the next three to five years, we can see more and more women rising up and making a difference uh, with entrepreneurship, with doing business, whether it's a side hustle, two hours, four hours, truly, what is the definition of success? The, the thing that you are saying, we're putting into context is, what is the definition of success? Yes, we can have criticisms, we can have you know, people saying us and whatever that may be, but what is the definition of success? So to some of you, it may be a million dollars. To some of you, it's making the first dollar online. How do you even make that one dollar? Yeah. And to some of you, is how do you even make recurring income online, right? And to the women in my community for that stay-at-home mom for 10 years, it was to her being able to make money of her own so that she can spend her own money. Mm. I interviewed Mary Buffett. She said, a man is not a financial plan. 
So even though the husband was a, was making a lot of money yeah. for her, you know, she was she has a happy family. She, two kids who are in teenagers now, but she wasn't happy. She was like, oh my god, I don't know how am I going to do with my life. So she first achieved her fabulous through solid woman by being more confident, breaking through, and working on her self care and self love, rather being an auntie. Whom just carry groceries, take cooking for the kids, taking care of the husband, but instead of that, putting herself first. Because if your cup is not full and overflowing, how else can you give? Yeah. Number two, to achieve financial independence means means that by through that four figure income that she make, she could do more and have a voice in the things that she would choose to spend on instead of thinking, oh, my husband gives me this amount every month. I have to do this. I have to do that. You know, according to what we seem as a norm, right. right? Third, because of the first two, she was able to achieve freedom. Meaning to say, she was able to speak her mind more freely and expressing her views in a way that it's in her own a way that the last 10 years of family has not seen before. Mm. This did cause some changes within the family, but For it was sure. a positive one. No, no, no. It was a positive one. The husband didn't support her to go online because he would think that it's a scam. But the two kids who are teenagers in college, going on university, would say like, wow, mom, you're super amazing. You're a role model. So what is it that you are giving your children to mm. see? So to yeah. her, she achieved the freedom to express herself even more so that she can show her children that she is the woman that you know her daughter could become. I love that. And I, I, I have a question specifically on what you said. So from what I'm gathering here, you see, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but it seems to me that you're saying that quite possibly the biggest issue that women, at least in your region and what you're dealing with there, uh, is that they lack the knowledge and resources and support to actually know what to do. That men, that there's plenty of systems and support in place for men and education for men and there's things of that nature. But for women, like it's just not there for them. Is that correct? Well, I would say for Singapore um, climate of entrepreneurship, government is definitely doing a lot of things to help entrepreneurship to kick off, whether you're male or female. Okay. I think this is not a really a gender issue here, uh -huh. but because of my passion and my big why, because I started working at a very young age at 14 and my mother has always been my inspiration, even though it sounds cliche, but yeah, without my mom, I will not be where I am today because For she's sure. a leader in the community. So when I look at this overall picture, you you know, Singapore is definitely a hub that has really grown. Um, and also when Alibaba has invested heavily in Thailand and Singapore and Malaysia to build up the infrastructures and with marketplaces like Grab growing in uh, Southeast Asia region, plus uh, like Shopee being one of those leading e-commerce here um, within Southeast Asia as well. So you need to understand your markets and know that it's not just because it's gender specific, rather it's to you, can you get them to come to you? Can you get your audience mm. to believe what you say and really be around so that there's a stickiness in your community that you are building upon? So, so specifically for the gender issue here, okay? So what do you see then as the biggest issue in your, where you serve, what do you see as the biggest gender equality issue out there? Like what, what is causing the biggest divide between men and women, or should I say the biggest barrier to entry from women being successful or women be, getting into entrepreneurship? 
First, I think I want to say is Soul Rich Woman, we believe in having it all. The F word being fabulous, having freedom and financial independence. And the fourth F word is actually family. So we are pretty much pro-men and women coming together as one. And then the thing is, when you look into this, um, you know, building a business, I gave you the context and the visual of the metaphor of on the racetrack right as a man you have only yeah. like a briefcase and you know your your work in front of you but for a woman you got to handle the kids handle the table and handle i mean the laundry and everything else so i have this doctor she's dr Shining, who she is a professor okay and she's super amazing she is already like i say a professor she did a phd with two kids and then she you know, is lecturing, a young lecturer in two universities. She runs her own business. She takes care of the family. There's no helper, no maid whatsoever, but she handles everything single-handedly. So are there women who are capable, who can do just that? Yes. I feel a lot of time it's your belief in yourself and whether what people tell you and what you think of yourself. You can't look down on yourself un- unless you give your permission to yourself to do that, right? Yeah. You, can't, you can't allow things to happen to you only when you give yourself permission to do that in the context of making yourself successful, you know, you know that you can balance kids and family. So I, after I've done and looked at 200,000 women, I really realized that there's a pattern. Whether a woman, like first it always boils down to what to you is success. Mm-hmm. So to someone who was a stay-at-home mom, now have, now have a, um, a, a kind of like a recurring income, four-figure recurring income to her, having the four-figure is enough. She doesn't need to scale to a $1 million business. And that, that makes her very happy. Yeah. Because it fulfills the criteria and need to be fabulous, to have freedom and financial independence. Whereas for the professor, she has two kids. And to her, success is being met, able to juggle her time while doing her two adjunct lecturer in two universities here in Singapore. In fact, two top universities here. And plus her own business, which is talking about change management and being managed able to manage all the household chores and everything else like that at the same time. So to her, juggling and managing everything at a time management skill is her definition of success. So you see two different profiles of women, both have their own terms and definition of success. It's how you really manage your own life and what Mm. what do you see yourself becoming? Yeah, I think, and I love what you said about giving yourself permission. I think that's universally for both men and women, but especially for women, like you have to give yourself permission just to go after what you want. And I think that the fear of what others think is so strong for so many people that they're they're more afraid of that than rather just giving them for self uh, permission to go and just do. Um, How has the digital landscape of on the online marketing space and, and digital marketing specifically, like how has that, or just digital business, e-commerce in general, um, how has that changed the landscape of entrepreneurship in your region? Because I feel like in, in just talking to you, I think one of the realizations that I had just had was like, wow. So like, I mean, I'm a guy, I'm a white male in America, right? I have life pretty darn good, right? Like I get, I understand that. But I'm like, the, the social fabric with, or with social media and, and with, with digital marketing or whatnot, like that changed my life. I can't imagine what it did for a woman in, a, in the Philippines or in Singapore or in Malaysia. I mean, I mean, like, I feel like this was like 
they actually had opportunity now. Whereas before, I feel like maybe their options were incredibly limited. Talk to us about that. Like what, how has digital marketing and, and online e-commerce changed the landscape of entrepreneurship as you see it? First, when I started my cafe retail chain, we invested at least to really do renovation and everything. Every single outlet, we spent about two, three dollars $300,000. So per, per outlet? It, per outlet. Total. Per outlet, okay. Yeah, yeah. so we invest a couple of million dollars to get back the multi-million dollars when someone bought us over. So when you look at that pers- from that perspective and putting that into context, you realize that by starting an online business is so easy, <laughs> the, the cost to kickstart is not high, right? So the barrier of entry is definitely definitely low. So marketplaces have popped up over the years, like Shopee, Lazada, and um, yeah, uh, in different markets and different platforms, right? And by having these, it really provides opportunities for small business owners to get started. And now Alibaba or Taobao has just launched a, a program to kind of like a friend of, let's say, for example, if you want to buy a mouse, right? And then you could even just refer a friend to buy that mouse from, from you. And it's, it's just that anybody can have a business without product stocking. So used to be drop shipping, you have to search, you know, go and look for products. And now it's so easy. Like it's like a link. <laughs> yeah, the accessibility is just like a link, right? You don't even need to have that in your home, stocking up $20,000 worth of products and then hoping that one day the products will sell by itself. No, that no longer happens. So you ask me, the climate has definitely shifted. Um, and progress, I would say, and has allowed anyone to be able to make money online. But then again, you need to understand, like I said, the Soul Richman blueprint. At the end of the day, there are so many of us out there. They're like, um, it's always what makes us different. Why would people buy from you? It's always that no like trust score. And the reason why, like I said, the only one thing that we do is focusing on offline to online. Um, I can see that the trend has also shifted in the sense that, um, you know, when we first do, do a lot of videos and Facebook Live and we kind of get out there and then it gets really noisy and crowded and then you have to have multiple touch points and now it's becoming a Netflix of your own, which means that you have to have your own ecosystem where your consumers and your customers are engaged within that platform itself so that that stickiness allows them to keep coming back while decreasing your ad cost over time. Yeah, I like that. Wow. Hmm. How, where, where, what's your biggest platform? Where are you most known? Where am I most known? Yeah. Uh, currently, I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. And, but, you and- see, you, but you see, that the question is not about me. It's not about who, where I am on, but rather where my audience is at and where they would like most conveniently receive the information, right? And that's for you is LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. Yes, that's right. And for your, your 200,000 customers and uh, Soul Rich Women, it's a, is that a monthly subscription? Yes, it is. And how much is that roughly? $12. 12 US dollars a yes. month. So, and is that like, do they get access to a membership portal or is it a Facebook group or like what specifically are they getting access to? Two mastermind videos every single month in the membership portal. And then they will have a Facebook group and then they will have also office hours with me and some of the mentors on the platform. And these are the basic stuff that you could get 
get started. Women don't need information to do stuff. They just need more, uh, what we call structure and process to kickstart mm. so that they can take baby steps to achieve the success that they want. So women are very much, all right, give me the framework. And then they go and do it and they come back and pop in to ask their questions. And then they're like, leave me alone. I'm going to go do my thing. No, there is a community involved in that and running in the background. So the Facebook group is definitely one of the ways that we, has, um, we have engagement mm. within the community. That's crazy. I mean, it's mind-blowing to me that, that there's that many people in there and I love it. That's super, super cool. Um, what, where do you go from here? Because do, do you have, you said you have an e-commerce platform still that you're still selling stuff on. Like what type of stuff do you sell? Just real quick. Skincare products and beauty okay, so, products. Okay, so skincare <laughs> products. So you've got skincare and beauty products and then you've got So Rich Women, which is a phenomenal company, which just, by the way, round of applause. Like seriously, that's so cool. Um, what's next? Like, what's the vision of where you're going with this? Obviously, women empowerment and women-related issues are something that you're passionate about and knowledgeable about. I mean, you have 200,000 women to go and collect data and, and really listen to and learn from, which is phenomenal. But like, what's the next step and what are you eventually growing this into? Wow. Honestly, I don't really know because <laughs> sometimes we can't see... Um, certain things, but I do believe one thing is that to hit one million, uh, one million women's lives and to touch their lives, there's eight hundred thousand more to go. I mean, it's just like a mark when you put out a flag and it said that you know you want to hit that goal. And I still remember I just went for a kind of speed networking with a uh in a conference, so I didn't really think about that like hitting one million, uh, 1 million women in a very short time. So I was talking to this telco company. This lady was in touch in Singapore. And we, we were just talking to each other and we we're just picking and sharing um, what we are doing. And she said, what is it that you want? And I'm like, yeah, I want to touch 1 million women's lives. And she said, by when do you want to touch it? I'm like, I don't know, maybe another two to three years because, you know, it's, it's all about you know, building that, that subscription base and, you know, have, have engagement with them. And it's just like, what can it be next year? What can it be like in one year, right? Right, right. And I'm like, yeah, but you know what? The funny thing is, Josh, nobody has asked me that question. You know, being a woman, maybe a leader, you're always concerned about other people. And sometimes we also forget about ourselves. So sometimes yeah. I think I do that as well. So as a leader, I want to encourage you that, you know, also look at yourself and sometimes mm. revisit your goals and what you want to do. So where exactly do I want to bring solo women in the next one year to three years to five years? Definitely growing and uh, touching more women's lives. That's one thing I want to do. And of course, becoming a leader uh, globally, helping women coming to Southeast Asia to, you know, understand our markets and really see that there's a women community here that you can be in, in touch with, um, especially in the area of, you know, building your recognition, getting your voice heard. You know, I think this is something that I'm really passionate about and it's a legacy business for me. I love that. I love that. That's so, so cool. And that's, I think that's how it should be for everybody. Legacy and, and impact because when you have that as the driver, it takes the money out of it then. Then as long as you're cash flow positive and you're making money, you could care less because I would venture to say that whether you make a million more dollars next year or not, it's not going to impact your financial, personal financial success one way or the other. I mean, it's just a business now. Um, where do you get most of your, 
like, do you, do you run paid ads or like, where do you get most of your members from? Like, is it a specific platform? Do you do events? How do you get traffic? Yeah. Traffic is a very hot topic. I can see well, yeah. traffic come. Traffic comes in a few forms for us. I think first is, of course, paid ads, um, like Facebook and Instagram ads. And then I think not so much a technical, but really understanding how you share your story powerfully that can attract women to you. Because what do men think? And then what a woman think and how a woman think is actually very different. And mm. I realized that last five years doing the business, the lingo and our languaging and what we put first is, is quite different. So we need to be looking at those pieces. So I got my traffic from, uh, of course, the F word, the funnels and the Facebook ads. And number two, uh, being speaking because I work with a seminar platform that organizes for Tony Robbins, oh, nice. um, Anik Singhal and... Um, oh, you know, you know Anik. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, we, we, we spoke on the same platform. Um, I work with Success Resources. Nice. One of the speakers who... Whom, yeah, travel and speak as well. So that does give me a certain kind of exposure and allow me to reach out to certain groups of people that I would not have personally be able to reach. I think the key thing is when you have a belief that you want to serve people at the highest level of passion and purpose, and it's never about the dollar sign, you know, things just magically happen. For I agree. You. You, when you look at, there's this story that was told to me that two farmers prayed for rain one farmer went out to put the seeds in and still prayed for the rain and guess by the time when the rain came who had the harvest the farmer who had planted the seeds, the seeds. yeah so the one that you are looking at the things that you are doing sometimes it's never when you ask me where do i see so rich women going i, I don't know all i know is i want to serve my women at the highest level possible mm. and i can't do it alone because alone you are strong together we are unstoppable mm. how did you build your how did you learn how to build a team how big is your team actually how many people you got working for you 21. 21. How did you get, how'd you find 21 people that the right 21 people? Cause here's the thing. Finding people's hard. Like that's that hard. Is, to do. That's, a, that's a belief. That's a belief. I'm sure it is. I'm sure. <laughs> you know what? You're right. I'm sure it is. But I'm telling you what getting people sold on the vision is like, man, I've had trouble with it, but how did you do that? I think first it's, is to really be higher slowly fire quickly i think that's one of the things mm. higher slowly fire quickly number two always get started on projects uh you know that that you want them to do give them some tasks and test them and then after that give them a probation period and then if they don't fulfill the criteria then you you ask them right hire slowly fire quickly so your hiring process need to be in so i have a hiring process after a school of hard knocks right and yeah. plus the fact that you need to sell them your vision and show them um, whether they're aligned uh, or not whether they like what you're doing or not even though yes people turn around uh, that means they, they leave, they quit. That's, that's fine. And once you have a system and process, in, you know, you, you are, it's okay to, to have people coming and going and building a team up. And then number two is to also work on your ability to, um, how do I say this, manage them. Uh, a lot of people think that I, I don't, I can delegate because I can do it better than my staff. Hey, I empower them. They make mistakes, they make mistakes, you know. 
clients get angry, clients get angry. So you just have to work with it because yeah. if you don't free up your time, I, I tasted success when I was running a cafe retail mm. chain. I, I can't be the one be the one making coffee, right? And I can't be the one serving the customer and having 18 franchises and licenses across three countries. So you have to be on top of the business. So that's where yeah. I learned how to build teams uh, to grow from a solopreneur and all the way to a team of 21. Hmm. That's super, super cool. Um, is there anything else that you want to add versus or on anything that we've talked about so far? Because I kind of want to shift gears here a little bit, but I want to give you, is there anything that we missed or anything that you want to say? Right now, we are on a journey of helping women to get their voices heard. So we have a platform where if you want to do a podcast or really to find a way to get your message seen more powerfully in Southeast Asia, do connect with me. Um, my name is Janisha Laura, spelled as G-E-N-E-C-I-A, like Alicia, Felicia, Janisha. Uh, Alora, A-L-L-U-O-R-A. And then you can look at look for me at storagewoman.com, S-O-U-L-R-I-C-H-W-O-M-A-N.com, where we I have two downloadables for you. One, it's uh, an ebook on how to delegate 80% of your to-do list so that you can make more money. And then the other one is how you can brand yourself online to multiply your income. And, and sorry, repeat that uh, website one more time. Soulrichwoman.com. Soulrichwoman.com. Yeah. S-O-U-L-R-I-C-H-W-O-M-A-N.com. Love it. And that's the best place for them to connect with you. Yes. If not, just uh, search my name, Janisha Alora. Janisha Alora. Well, guys, we will drop her name. We'll drop the link down to her website. And well, I'm sure it's a funnel, but uh, we'll drop her URL and all the information down that she's provided to us down in the description. Yeah, that's the F word. Mm, very yeah, good. <laughs> yeah, I, fi- I figured. I- I'm catching on. I'm catching up what you're putting down here. Okay. All right. So as we wrap up here, I, I do want to. I want to cover kind of one more topic a little bit. I want to get to know you personally a little bit better here, um, and kind of your backstory because I mean, you started at 14. Uh, actually, real quick side note, and if you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but are you religious at all? Well, I'm Christian. You're a Christian. Okay, as am I. Yeah. So. Have you been like, did you grow up Christian your whole life or is that something you found later on in life? Uh, I found Christianity in 2009. Okay, 2009. Okay. 2009. Yeah. Uh, But before that, I was Buddhist. But Buddhist. Okay. Wow. Okay. So you went, I mean, that's a major life transition, right? I would say I explored both sides and, you know, I, I, you know, it, it's just being more open, but because of my transition, I was able to understand both sides better and be mm. more inclusive rather than it's this or that. No, it's not that. I feel yeah. that it's, it's all about inclusivity and you know what, honestly, is about way, the way of life and how, how your life purpose and your life calling attunes to the spiritual values that has called upon you. So it's not so much this or that. It's more of what's aligned with you. Yeah. And, and I feel like, so I, I, I'm a Christian and I grew up Christian my whole life, but I grew up in borderline like cult-like Christianity. I mean, like super, super <laughs> conservative. Um, uh-huh. Like I had to tuck in my shirt. I couldn't take my shirt off. My sisters had to wear dresses to the, you know, to the ground. Um, you know, no TVs on Sundays. We couldn't listen to secular music, like, like nothing. I mean, it, we were homeschooled. We lived on a farm. So like very little, it was, it was very, very, and like all of our friends, which were just 
other church members, right? Like that was it. And so, I mean, my parents have, have very much grown since then. And I, I mean, I kind of went, I don't want to say off the deep end, but I went and like, I left their authority and I was like, peace, right? Like I'm out of here. And now I've come, I've come back to that. And I feel like one of the things that a lot of Christians get wrong is exactly what you said. It's, they, they make it seem like it's this or that. It's, it's Christianity or you're going to hell, right? And while I definitely believe that there are fundamental principles that like, you do need to believe in, God and you know things of that nature and then that there's moral laws upon which you should follow I feel like I feel like Christians do a terrible job at realizing that like they claim God is love but none of their actions are love you know what I mean well I don't think that's um fair statement I mean that's the probably your observation within right. your, uh, true, your, true. your community right but for for me I I I have been really supported um, in my Christian journey and really it has changed uh, the way, some of the way I look at things and perspectives. So to me, as long as you have inner peace, you have happiness and you're aligned truly in your mind, body and soul, it doesn't matter which faith you come from because Mm. Singapore is a multicultural um, city. We have Muslim, we have, uh, you know, uh, Buddhism, Taoism, we have Christianity in different formats like Methodist, Catholic, uh, Catholics, yeah. and uh, yeah, so we, we have so many different uh, pots in one, so many faith in one pot here in Singapore. And we, I'm really truly blessed by one of our forefathers when like Lee Kuan Yew, he talks about, you know, putting having that racial harmony and by, ha- by having born, being born in this this era of racial harmony. I, I really truly believe that we need to not judge, but really just put it into our own perspectives and not mm. force it onto others and live the life that we choose to live. So, yeah. So, if, if you, going back to your statement of, I think that doesn't matter what religion you come from as long as you achieve inner peace and happiness and things of that nature, right? So, yeah. And, what, and here in Singapore, it's all about racial harmony, you know? <laughs> So, so why did you go from Buddhist then to Christianity? What made that transition? I think it's just different phase of life. I mean, for me, I'm, like I said, I'm rebellious. I'm stubborn. You know, I, I love to explore. I mean, I explored so many things in my life. So it's just more of exploring who you are as a person. And when you have a spiritual awakening and then you just follow and go with the flow. Hmm. Interesting. Man, I feel like I could talk about that for hours and hours. I have so many questions there, but I want to be respectful of time and we try to keep these segments to about an hour. Um, so one more time, we're going to move to rapid fire questions here. We do rapid fire questions at the end of every interview, but one more time, tell us once again, if people want to learn more about you, learn more about everything, where can they find you? You can find me at G- Nisha Alora. G-E-N-E-C-I-A, like Alicia, Felicia, Janisha, Alora, A-L-L-U-O-R-A. You can look for me or Google me. And then also uh, there are two downloadables for you on my website. How do you delegate 80% of your to-do list at soulrichwoman.com, S-O-U-L-R-I-C-H-W-O-M-A-N.com. Boom. I love it. We will, guys, we'll link that all down in the descriptions everywhere that this podcast is um, being broadcast. So make sure to check her out um, and uh, get her stuff. Okay. 
rapid fire questions. This is just a fun little segment we do at the end. I ask you a couple rapid fire questions and then we end every episode with one question that we ask every single guest. Um, so are you ready? Yes. Okay. I would take it that you've flown a lot. Is that correct? Yes. Did you fly? What's your favorite airline to fly on? Singapore Airlines. <laughs> Singapore Airlines. There you go. All right. Um, what is one bucket list item that you want to do in your life that you have not yet done? North, see Northern Lights. See the Northern Lights. Okay. All right. Um, what is the favorite, your most favorite book that you've ever read? Rich Woman by Kim Kiyosaki. Okay. Rich Woman by Kim Kiyosaki. Is that relation to Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki or no? Uh, it's, it's not really related. Um, Kim Kiyosaki is known as the cash flow queen. So, but it I is, learned, is uh, it her husband? I mean, is it? it yeah, is yeah, yeah, yeah. Of okay. course, they're, they're related, okay, okay. they're husband and okay, wife. Okay, okay. I just, I'm just making sure. I, I was like, that'd be, that'd be a crazy coincidence if not. Um, okay, cool, cool. Um, oh gosh, now I forgot my, oh, what is one thing that you think people like, mo- like miscategorize you or get wrong about you or don't understand about you? That because I'm a beauty queen, I have an airhead. Really? You face that a lot? Oh, yeah. It's a stigma that I carry with the rest of my life. For the rest of here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but until proven otherwise, Until right? proven otherwise. That's a false belief right there. That's what that, I'm yes. Turn that around <laughs> on you. There you go. Um, what's been your favorite activity that you've ever done in your life? Or favorite thing? Scuba diving. Scuba diving. Really? All right. Where'd you go scuba diving at? Uh, Malaysia mainly. Uh, I'm a rescue diver. Really? That's so cool. I feel yeah, like I love, do, I love it. I feel like you do every, are you married? No, I'm no. not. <laughs> okay. So you just do everything. And, and when that time comes, maybe that'll come. Yeah, that's okay, right. Okay. There you go. I love it. All right. Two more questions for you. Uh, what's your number one goal for 2020? Is to reach out to 1 million women. Reach out to 1 million women. I love it. All right, last question for you. We asked this to everybody on the podcast. I want you to fast forward to the end of your life and you're on your deathbed. All of your impact, all of your success, fame, everything is gone, which for you is a lot of it, all right? So it's all gone. However, every single person that you have touched or influenced, either directly or indirectly, you get to leave them with one final message or word of advice. What is that message? Choose to be happy than to be right. Choose to be happy than to be right. I love it. There you go. There it is. That's the word of advice. Uh, Janisha, like Felicia. Janisha, thank you so much for coming on here. This has been an absolute pleasure. I hope we get to uh, stay in touch and uh, we'll have to have you back on. We're actually transitioning to, um, in February, we're transitioning to live episodes that will be streamed live. Um, so we'll have to have you back on in an actual live format and then we can have questions rolling in and stuff like that. So I really appreciate your time and coming on today. Thank you, Josh, for your time too. Absolutely. Guys, this has been Janisha Alora and Josh Forty on Think Different Theory. As always, hustle, hustle. God bless. Do not be afraid to think different because those of us that think different are going to be the ones that change the world. I don't just believe that. I know it. I live it. And you can as well. I love you all. I'll see you on the next episode. Take it easy, fam. Peace. Yo, what's up, guys? You've been listening to the Think Different Theory with myself, Josh Forty, which I like to call a new paradigm of thinking. And real quick, I got a question for you. Did you like this episode? 
If you did, I want to ask a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread this message of positivity and making the world a better place is if you leave a review, a rating, and subscribe to the podcast. What that does is it basically tells the platforms that this is out on that you like my stuff and that I'm doing something right. So if you could take like three seconds out of your day and subscribe, leave a rating, and a review, I would be forever grateful for you. Also, I want to hear from you. I want to know your feedback, your ideas, and your questions for future episodes. So be sure to hit me up on Instagram in the DM at Josh40 or via email contact at thinkdifferenttheory.com.